myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Bray. That is Monday, which means it's the transfer show, and I'm joined by Joe Buramag. How are you, mate? Evening, chaps. All right. Good, and it's a big welcome back to Charlie Bennett. How are you, son? <laughs> How are you doing, Steve, mate? It's good to be back on the show. This is like a throwback to them lockdown match days, isn't it? It is, mate. Remember it is. Them? You, you a... were part of the team, and uh, <laughs> we loved having you on. It was good to have you on. You came along and uh, made a big impact, and good to see you doing well uh, now in the chosen career path. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to and where you're working. Uh, well, to be honest with you, mate, I still feel like a little bit of just just a daft numpty from the West End of Newcastle, but from leaving school um, four years ago, well, no, I left school ten years ago, but four, uh, from... Oh, have we lost him? Oh, have we lost you there? No, come back. You're back. You're back. So you left. You left school seven years ago. Go on. No, no. I, well, I left school ten years ago. Ten I years. was a road. I was a road worker from leaving school, and then about four years ago, I thought, you know, what it is. I didn't fancy the bad back by the time I'm thirty. So I need a little bit of a career change. I, I think the, the best grade I got in school was English, and I've always liked my sport. I've always liked Newcastle. So I thought, sports journalism put the two together. When got me year levels in college, went to university, I've just left there. And yeah, it's just, just rolled from there. Just now I'm on the I'm, I'm a freelance writer, but most of my work at the minute is on the Chronicle desk covering the tune. So living the dream, so to say. Fantastic. Well, I mean what what I mean, just, just to get an insight into that, what's it what's it actually like, you know, from reading the evening chronicle like we all have, whether it's online or whether it's on an app on your phone or whether it's going out in the old fashioned way and buying the paper. And then getting in there and, and doing a little bit and, you know, seeing seeing your words in print. What's that been like? It's pretty surreal, really. I mean, f I was always sort of soul-focused at uni because I've, I've wrapped in my construction job. Like, I sort of had, like, an end goal. And throughout uni, I was I was doing bits. I was writing for NUFC blog. I was covering the Northern League. And you might know an old sports writer from back in the day, Neil Farrington. I don't know if you're familiar with Neil. Good pal of mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's actually my he was my tutor on the course. So, like in the last year of university, he was getting bits and bobs in the Chronicle already. Do you know to sort of open the door a little bit for it. If you look at the the people that have came through from the course I was on, I mean, Jordan Croden, who's at Newcastle World. There's Sean McCormick. There's Aaron Stokes, who's now just. Um, He's doing what Mark Douglas is. Mark Douglas's old job at the Chronicle. So anybody that's wanting to get into sports journalism, I know Holly, who's obviously a regular on the show. I noticed her bio the other day on Twitter. Said she was an aspiring sports journalist, and I don't know if Holly's listening, but I can help her on the right path if that was something she was wanting to do. Good stuff, great stuff. Well, good to have you on, good to have you back. As we say, this is the transfer show uh, and there is uh, always plenty to talk about these days with uh, regards to ingoings and outgoings at St James's Park. And I guess we've got to have um, something a bit different, Joe, because we've been talking about the same names, um, you know, week in, week out and uh, in the last few weeks and um, not a great deal, not a great deal happening, but... Um, goalkeeper situation seems to be hotting up a little Ooh. bit now and um i guess first first up we can talk about carl darlow um i think it looks as if borough are interested in taking darlow there is word that potentially um you know one or two other teams are, are sniffing around them but um it's something we have discussed uh, you know that we're going to have to ship players out what's your views on on darlow the other keeper of course and let's chuck them both in at the same time as, as freddie woodman Looks like again he could be going out on loan, something which he's uh, not a stranger to. Um, but let's let's talk about those two keepers. Um, you, presume you're not surprised to hear one, or if not both, could possibly be leaving this summer. Yeah, not at all, Steve. I think um, as we've talked about goalkeepers coming in, particularly Dean Henderson, was almost described as a done deal, something that you know um, we were expecting any minute for that signing to be announced. It looks like now that that's not happening and he might be going elsewhere in the, and that we've been linked with another couple. And I think it just does say something for, for where we're at with our goalkeepers. I mean, you know, um, you talk about Carl Darlow, solid enough, steady away. But, you know, lately, um, watching him in the Premier League and particularly his last spell in the side that he covered for um, for Dubravka while Dubravka was injured, 
he looked shocking. He cost us points. Um, he looked really, really edgy, really, really nervy. Um, and he didn't look like the Premier League goalkeeper. And I think actually, you know, historically, we've had high hopes for the lad. He's never actually let us down prior to kind of, you know, what we've seen in his last spell in the side. Um, you know, we brought Gillespie in. We thought that might bring a, a little bit more kind of competition in the squad. That never materialised. We were expecting Freddie Woodman to go on and be one of the all-time greats, and he looked he looked as shoddy as anything. So I'm not surprised, Stephen. I think we talk continuously on this show, don't we, about um, making our squad better and actually building slowly, slowly and improving on what we've got. And I think if if I was Eddie Howe and, and the guys, I'd be looking and thinking if we want to make um, you know our squad better, there are better goalkeepers out there. There will be more competition for either Dubravka or if Dubravka's your number two, that's not a bad number two to have. Um, so yeah, Dalo and certainly Woodman for me and probably Gillespie, depending on where he is in the squad, um, would all be going out the door as far as I'm concerned. Those two keepers, uh, Charlie, obviously, uh, you know, they've, they've had opportunities. They haven't really taken them with both hands. Um, Darlow obviously had a little bit more game time than Freddie Woodman. But, um, I, I mean, would you like to keep either of them? Or, you know, do you think it's 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 time up? Well, the interesting thing is that we've went from having potentially four goalkeepers in Dubravka, Darlow, Woodman and Gillespie. We might just have Dubravka left on his Todd. Now, I was in the camp that <clears throat> I know not everybody's in the same has the same thoughts that I do, but I actually have always rated Martin Dubravka. I think since he's came in four, four or five years ago now, he sort of made that number one jersey his own. Yes, he has the odd mistake in him, but the amount of points he sort of saves up throughout the season is unbelievable. Now, if you look at where Newcastle are now, in terms of what we're looking to sign players potentially for the next 18 months to two years, and maybe it's the odd star signing in there, I think Dubravka fits the bill perfectly. But saying that, if we're going to lose Marlow, I don't think the club will want to lose both of them at the same time. I think they'll want to maybe have a lost signal again there, boys. It's okay, mate. You're back with us. No, I'll, I'll move room if it keeps playing up. All but, right. um, but yeah, the, I don't think the club will want to lose both of them at the same time. I think, you know, we've seen Woodman go on loan in January. If I think it'll be either Darlow or Woodman leave. And then if we get a keeper in, I think they'll allow both of them to leave. And then I think I think Gillespie, this is just my opinion here, just a hunch. I think Gillespie's in there for the sort of the English quarter rule, the, to, to keep so sort of like an English player in the squad. Because I think you've got to have 12 or 13 English players mm -hmm. in the squad overall. Mm -hmm. So it's like Scott Carson at Man City. I mean, people forget he's even on the books at Man City. He's been there, yeah. been there for years. It's just purely for the fact that, that he's English. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. David Toon says, "How about getting Ben Foster for this season? Uh, he's he's on a free, and I, and I guess we we'd have to mention Pope as well, who seems to be the favourite at this moment in time for a potential move to Newcastle." Uh, Joe. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly a good goalkeeper, Steve. Obviously, he's just been relegated um, in and around the England setup. Burnley fans, uh, you know, and, and 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 I guess the national media talk very highly of him. So again, is he better than Darlow? Is he better than than Woodman? Absolutely. So yeah, um, and arguably, is he better than Henderson? Um, now I've not seen enough of Henderson, obviously, to to, to kind of make that comparison, but. He's up there. Um, he's a good keeper, and we're led to believe he's available. So, yeah, why not? Potentially. Charlie, do you think Pope's on his way to the church on the hill? Oh, we've lost you again, Charlie. Yeah, do you know what it is, lad? I'm going to switch rooms, and I'll be back in a minute. Right. Okay, mate. No worries. We'll take you out, and we can bring you back in. Yeah. I mean, look for me. I, I do think that I do think Pope uh, got a bit of potential, as you say, the connection with England, Joe. I think from from somebody who's going to come in and automatically challenge Debravka. I think that um, Debravka is is certainly going to stay in as number one. But I just genuinely feel that they need to bring somebody in who's going to give them some competition. And we we could have a situation where Debravka gets injured early on, and then we're not going to have you know we're not going to have anybody able to step in. So we've got to get it right. Um, Pope's got the Premier League experience, and I think it will be a good move. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Steve. I think the interesting bit there, though, particularly thinking about someone like Nick Pope, uh, don't forget it's a World Cup year. I think, you know, the World Cup's coming up later in the year. Would somebody like Nick Pope be happy sitting on a bench somewhere? You know, yes, he's, you know, he's, he's gone down to the championship. Um, but if everyone's fighting for England places, is he going to do that either at Burnley or on Newcastle United's bench? So actually, it's an interesting point you make there about Dubravka being number one. I'm not entirely convinced that he will be dependent on the availability of, of, of an, an international quality goalkeeper at the right price. You might find that it's Dubravka that sits on the bench. So I don't know. I, I'm not sure Port will just come and, and play second fiddle. Yeah. Uh, go on then, Charlie. Your views on Pope. Do you think that's somebody who would improve the squad? Do you think he would be wanting to come in and be number one? Well, in terms of an out and out shot stopper. Pope, I watched Nick Pope in the back end of last season against Aston Villa for Burnley, and he was head and shoulders man of the match. He was he was unbelievable. But I think what Eddie Howe and the recruitment team are looking at is bringing in a goalkeeper who's good with the feet. I think that was the sort of the one area where people could look at Dubravka and say, you know, that's his weakness. His distribution isn't the best. So it would be surprising if, if we got Pope in because he's of a sort of similar ilk to Dubravka in the, in the fact that absolutely fantastic shot stopper. But when it comes to his feet, that's, he's not really known for that. That's why Henderson, Henderson sort of is sort of like the blend of the two. He's sort of decent with his feet and he's a, he's a decent shot, shot stopper. Okay, Barry Hogan says, would you have gone for Fraser Foster on a free, Joe? You never go back in football, do you? <laughs> um, no, no, I wouldn't. I can see, I can see the train of thought. You know, again, proven goalkeeper. Um, you know, clearly knows the area and such like. But nah, not for me. Do, do you know? Do you know what it is? If I, I would have done if we were going to get rid of Darlow and we were going to get rid of Woodman and we were going to get rid of Gillespie or keep them as a third goalkeeper. I wouldn't have minded seeing Fraser Forster come in as a backup, just mm. as a because I don't know what your views are on having two top top goalkeepers sort of vying for the number one spot. I don't know whether it sort of unsettles a team. You know, you get like a, a back four or a back three. They like having a, a goalkeeper that they sort of they know week in, week out. Whereas if you've got sort of, sort of swapping all the time, I've always been at a camp where, I mean, Man City's goalkeeper, I forget the lad's name, but he played in the FA Cup. Man City have never really had a, a solid backup goalkeeper. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether it would just whether Fraser Forster would have been ideal if he was happy. If he was happy, you know, he's, he's kicking on a bit now. Whether yeah. he would be happy to sort of come in and just maybe play the cup game sort of thing, I think that would have been ideal. I think that's the thing, Charlie. I think that's just what we were saying as, as you dipped out there. I think for me, are we just looking at a backup? Because if that's the case, yeah, someone like Fraser Foster, you know, the, uh, fantastic, yeah, well, by all means. Or actually, are you looking for someone not only to push the Dubravka? Or are you looking for a new number one? Mm. And I think that's the bit of the unknown that we don't know about. Um, because for me, I, you know, yeah, Foster will sit on the bench. Arguably, would you just leave Darlow where he is? You know, or, or Woodman? I, I think I've always been in the camp of keeping... I mean, I mentioned it before, I've, to keep Dubravka certainly for the next 18 months to two years. And then mm. remember when Man City went and signed Edison, they went, bang, there's 40, 50 yeah. million on a goalkeeper. Yeah. Or Liverpool went bang, there's 50 million on Allison. I think we would have been in a good situation to have Dubravka for maybe two seasons and then sign the next Allison or the next Edison, like the next super keeper, like two years down the line. That's what I would have done, anyways. Yeah, I certainly think competition is going to be good for Dubravka. And as I say, we could have that horrendous situation where, God forbid, Dubravka gets injured first game of the season and we need somebody in. So far rather be prepared than you know than, than to get caught out. I can see a young aspiring foreign goalkeeper coming in, says Colin. Norman says if Pope came in, I'd expect him to become the number one. Roger says I think Pope will come in as number one quality keeper playing in a leaky Burnley defence. So uh, mixed opinions in the chat. Uh, but I don't think people would be too against him uh, coming in. Um, you know, from, from our perspective, um, you know, it, it, it would be just, you know, having somebody in there who, who can do a job, I think, and just compete against Dubravka. OK, we'll move positions now. And I guess um, we just love showing this photograph, don't we? But the Botman <laughs> deal, the Botman deal, really, Joe, it's, I just don't think this can happen. I, I just think it's, it's, just getting, it's just getting more and more strained, it seems, and more and more stories coming out in the media. I think the only way we're going to see Botman in his Newcastle shirt is when I keep putting that photograph up. 
You keep putting it up, son. I'm not. I'm not giving up hope. Absolutely not. I think it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, are we being used? Are we being used as a kind of come on then Milan, come on then anybody else who who might fancy him? You know, let's just keep the carrot dangling at Newcastle. Um, are we willing to get our pants pulled down? Uh, you know, the, the the rest of the footballing world will be thinking. I know you've got an extra eight million in the banks. So if you want him, come and pay for him. Um, Will our board end up cutting the nose off to spite the face on some of these transfers? Because actually, in the grand scheme of things, if we are zillionaires, what does another £6 million matter? Um, so it's really interesting, Steve, for me, thinking about actually which which tact are we going to take in this transfer window? I think it's really telling, as far as I know. Uh, Charlie might know more, but, but we haven't walked away. I'm led to believe whatever's on the table remains on the table. Um, you know, so... So for me, I think if there was other targets out there or, or, or we were ready to move on and, and we were going to play hardball this window, I think we'd have already done so. So I do just wonder if all hope isn't lost. Because um, as I keep saying, you know, this is the guy that I'd sign. Um, and if we don't sign this guy, it'll be really interesting to see where we go next. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. You keep that photo. Keep that photo loaded up just in case. I will do. Charlie? Any any info on this one from the, the Chronicle headquarters? Is this something that's going to rumble on for a while yet? Well, I took a little bit of stick the other day on Twitter because I said the Botman saga has dragged on longer than the entire season of Friends. I don't know if he's a Friends fan, but to <laughs> me, it, it wasn't much of a watch to me. But um, no, like as a young up-and-comer, I'm not going to claim to have any sort of super contacts or whatever. Like, I, I'm, I'm not there yet. Maybe it's in a few years. But just you're not, have... you're not you're not at Burnsy's level yet. No, definitely not. I'm definitely not there yet. I'm not an IT here. <laughs> I'm more of an I don't know than an, than an in the know. <laughs> but no, um, just picking up the snippets, just obviously like working with the Chronicle. Um, it seems that Newcastle's offer has, a few months ago, Botman sort of, Milan was his first choice, you know, top of the league, Champions League. Paolo Maldini is the sporting director. But Newcastle have always had that interest there. And Newcastle have always wanted him. Like Amanda Stavely said in The Athletic back in February, you know, she even said that Botman wanted to join Newcastle. But I think Milan, sort of, when they sort of showed their interest, it sort of, you know, I mean, they're the seven-time European champions on it. But what the only problem there is that the reckon Newcastle's offer has, like, just blown theirs out of the water. So Lille, obviously not want to take a, a low-ball offer, and Botman's mm. obviously going to be getting better wages at Newcastle. But AC Milan are waiting for the... There's a US-based consortium buying AC Milan at the minute, and there's, it's sort of ongoing. I don't know whether it's going to be ongoing as much as our takeover was, but they reckon that theirs is going to be, to use the word, imminent. So I think they're sort of holding out for their takeover to, to be waved through before they can try and attempt to, to match Newcastle's offer. Mm, okay, interesting uh, questions coming in and uh, points being made in the chat. Tell says, uh, starting to think Botman would be a bad acquisition in the squad. He clearly doesn't want to come and we are 100% being played regarding the fee, etc. And Mad <coughs> Mark says, Botman is clearly Lidl's prized asset and will want to play hardball for as long as possible. But I think we will get him. So he's firmly in Joe's camp. Tim Cairns says, uh, take Jennifer Anderson any day. <laughs> obviously made it obviously made a good impression there with that with that uh topic of conversation um we we are signing a couple of youngsters joe we seem to be building up the the academy and another one on the horizon is this guy uh from bristol ruben mcallister um covered that in the chronicle today um just saying that newcastle are uh edging closer to bringing them in uh, and of course, the young lad as well from uh, Kilmarnock, the, uh, the centre half, um, who we've uh, it seems we've been chasing. He's much much sought after as well. So looking at building up the youngsters, uh, you know, which is great, I guess. You know, building that under twenty three, um, you know, platform and, and building up the squad and, and having a bit of strength and depth and a bit of strength and reserve once for the future. 
Yeah, hopefully, Steve. Um, and it's nice, isn't it? You know, there's the, there's this real sense that nothing's happening and we're not doing anything at all. Obviously, we've already signed my target, so there's that. That's one, of course. Um, but it is nice to see that actually we're focusing on other areas of the football club as well, um, including St James's Park. Now I'm led to believe. Um, so yeah, I, I just I'm not entirely sure it gets how many people you know are talking about these lads how many people are focused on these lads because while we're in the in the business of Diaby, Hugo and Botman, you know, these lads will pale into insignificance. But yeah, um, I'd like to think with our new kind of setup and, and the new way of doing things and, and us lining the ducks in order that these lads who are being described as the next big thing actually go on and be the next big thing. Because for years we've been hearing about, you know, um, I won't name anyone in, in case there's family members watching, but there's been many, many players over the years that, you know, this is the kid, this is the lad. Um, and unfortunately, they've just never made it for one reason or another. So, yeah, optimistic. We'll keep an eye out for them, of course, as we do as Newcastle fans. You know, hopefully they'll they'll, they'll go on and progress. Are they anywhere near getting in the first team? Absolutely not. Um, but, yeah, good luck to them. Charlie MacArthur's the one for the future. Uh, Charlie, he's a centre-half, big, strong lad. And the, the Kilmarnock connection, I mean, you know, I, I remember when Lee Clark was up there. Clark, he would often say to me, there's this one, there's that one. Seems to be a good little breeding ground uh, for, for for good players in them. We might have got ourselves a little bargain there. Yeah, 100%. Steve, just, just before I answer the question, I'm looking outside, lads. I think we missed a trick by not doing this podcast in the beer garden somewhere. It's been yeah. a beautiful idea. <laughs> It's been unbelievable today, hasn't it? It's been lovely, mate. It's been lovely. Unfortunately, Joe doesn't like the sun, but I think that comes from living down Borough. It's got to, hasn't it, Joe? It's just, it's oh, just smog. What, what makes you think I drink beer? It's just smog. <laughs> it's, it's just smog everywhere in Middlesbrough, isn't it? <laughs> but he's a mag, that's all that counts. Yeah, it is. You won't get a job with the Gazette talking like that, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Funny, funny you mentioned Lee Clark there, Steve, because his son, Bobby, um, obviously left Newcastle. He was highly rated. He's left Newcastle to join Liverpool a few months ago and actually scored against Newcastle at the back end of last season. And it sort of looks like the tables are going to turn a little bit. You know, we're going to be the ones poaching other clubs' players. Um, one of the first things, I don't know whether this came from Dan Ashworth, it's just a presumption. It was a couple of days after he was appointed. But Peter Ramage, who would who had been managing the under twenty uh, under eighteens even, he got moved to like what Solar Amyobi's doing with like the loan department. Yeah. So the, the under eighteen manager role at the minute is is vacant. They haven't announced a new one. So, you know, maybe Dan Ashworth's looking to get his new man there. You know, the 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 obviously they're doing bits and bobs upgrading the academy and the, the training ground at the minute. The previous interviews of Dan Ashworth, he said he's going to he prioritises the academy and, and, and the women's team as much as he prioritises the first team. So yeah, I just think he's he's building the foundations for hopefully a good uh, a good academy team because you look over the years who who was the last Newcastle player with Andy Carroll to play for England before that was it Gaza who the last Newcastle academy product that played for England. Mm-hmm. So and you look at the names who, who've been produced in the northeast over the years that didn't come from Newcastle, you know, you look at Michael Carrick, Shira, even Biadzi had to go to Canada, you know, even Steve Bruce, you know, we might knock him as a manager, he was a fantastic player. Go back further, the Charlton brothers, so we've always, haven't had that eye for finding our own talent, and hopefully that stops now. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, What you know, what, what gets, you know, what we're being linked with, it's interesting there as well, Roger says, it seems that Dan Ashworth has stopped the transfer leaks uh, since he came in. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, this is the one that Tom posted early on in the chat. Eric Bailey <coughs> to uh, Newcastle. He has been offered to us. Uh, somebody else commented about that as well, Bill Burnett. He says, uh, yes, he is being offered by Manchester United. What are your thoughts? He says, I won't print mine. So, um, mixed opinions on him. And you were shaking your head furiously there, Joe. I'll um, I'll say it for you, Bill. He's absolutely cack. Um, I genuinely, I, I can't, I, I can't work this one out again. Is it just with the greatest of respect, Charlie? Is this paper talk? Um, I can see why Manchester United would possibly be wanting to offload him. Although, given the choice between him and Harry Maguire, I'd take this lad six times over. Um, 
But I, I, I can't see it, Steve. I, I wonder if there's just a tenuous link there. It's agents trying to get the ladder move away. Um, and of course, Newcastle United are now going to be the club that gets linked with everybody. He always looks like he's got a rick in him. Um, I, th- I remember when he signed for Man United, there was lots of high ups from him. People thought there was a player in there. Um, he just looks absolutely pap. And the one thing we do not need is another pap centre-half. Hopefully, them days have gone now. So, no, he can, he can go wherever he wants as long as it's not the Barrack Road. Charlie, are you in the same mindset when it comes to another Manchester United cast-off? Yeah, I mean, he's just, just injury-prone. You know, I think he joined under Jose Mourinho five, six years ago and he's only played about 60, 70 Premier League games in that, in that time. They signed him for 30 million big potential at the time and it's just it hasn't it's just injury prone I, I i don't know whether he's that much of a bad player because you don't really see him too often because it's all he's, he's always on the treatment table the manchester evening news back in january said linked with, with him back then but it was part of like a four four hundred million sort of deal with lingard and van der beek and Martial thrown in there i think we need someone a bit more reliable if we get rid of if kevin clark's on his way out fernandez is on his way out what does that leave with Lachelle's, Byrne and Shaw? We need another one that's going to stay fit, reliable. An upgrade, really, and I don't know if Eric Bailly is an upgrade. OK, Townsend was the last England player that Newcastle had, says Norman. Yeah, that would sound about right. Uh, James says Steve Howie was the last. I think it was. And uh, I think it was Andres Townsend. Uh, I do I do personally think it was him, but um, we'd need somebody to check the, uh, the record books uh, and clarify that. Uh, yeah, Dan Ashworth, um, certainly getting things in order now, Joe, isn't it? And, you know, little bits and bobs coming out about him. Um, I mean, he came out, made a, you know, made his announcement when he arrived, but he just seems to be getting on calmly behind the scenes, doesn't he? And laying out his, his blueprint for the future, I guess. Yeah. I thought we'd have got him in office. Fancy making him sit on the pitch there like that. I think it's refreshing, Steve. He's joined. We're led to believe that he's absolutely top of his game, this lad. Um, he made a, a fantastic kind of interview, um, you know, to NUFC TV when he was talking about what his role was and what he would do. Um, and, you know, maybe one thing that our football club does need, um, particularly after the previous regime and particularly after all the, all the hoo-ha around the takeover, it's just a bit of calmness and a bit of stability. And actually, if he's not making noise and he's not out in the press, you know, and he's not, we don't see him, you know, pictured all over the world with a glass of beer in his hand. That must mean that he's doing something. So I assume he's quietly getting on with his business. And whether that be, you know, you've just talked about the young lads there. If that's getting getting the the, the you know the ducks in order in terms of the academy. I'm sure he's having a say on upgrades to the football ground and, and to the training park. Um, I'm sure he's got a, a, a you know a, a transfer list to be working on um, whilst doing whatever else it is that we pay him to do. So it's quite nice, isn't it? You know, he, he's not a pantomime character yet. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, he's not a Charmley. He's, he's not going to be a villain by the looks of it. Um, so yeah, you know, let him get on with it. I, I, you know, he'll be doing the business. They haven't brought him in just to kind of make the numbers up and say, look at our nice shiny new director. I know that for a fact. Um, you know, the guy was brought in to build the football club, and the bits that we know about the football club from within, you know, it's a big job, and he certainly isn't going to do it overnight. So, you know, let him get on with it. Yeah, I mean, he's been there three weeks now, Charlie. Um, you know, we're not seeing, you know. A great deal, you know, incomings or outgoings yet, but he will be getting his feet under the table, won't he? Yeah, I think he'll be desperate for that breakthrough, that what that one breakthrough. You know, you know the the work and relentlessly behind the scenes. There, it's just good to see. I, I know Joe touched a little bit on it there. It's good to see we're operating like an actual Premier League football club where we haven't just got one bloke running around like a madman trying to manage contracts, trying to manage transfers, trying to manage the academy, trying to manage like what well, that's effectively what Lee Charney was. <laughs> but we've actually got putting the blocks in place where we're going to run and we're just going to turn like clockwork, so to say. You know, and the club are still looking for a CEO to sort of and a, and a legal counsel to deal with the sort of the commercial side of things. Dan Ashraf's going to have full sort of control on the the, the sport and side of things. Obviously, you've got Amanda, Mia, Dad's in in the boardroom, Jamie Room in the boardroom. It's nice to see we're actually operating like a proper professional Premier League football club. 
Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, okay, it's that time of the show where we give a shout out to our advertisers, our main sponsors. Big thank you to Spider Miner. Uh, worldwide coverage from Nathan, Gareth and the lads. It's the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy and it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks also to Scott and the lads at Skips and Bins. The website is skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 2545 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www. <coughs> Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors 0191389 and a Garden of Healing Dispensary. CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. www.thegohd.com. Thanks to QTechShop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks to Kleekai, make the new game over screen, drop into a Clear Run device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clear Run.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. If you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to pose a question. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcast providers. Uh, that usually goes up 24 hours after the YouTube show has been on. If you want to become a member, you can click join and join us on YouTube. Or you can spend a little bit extra money and get a cup, a pen, a membership card and a scarf. Uh, and also go into the monthly draw. Last year, we uh, last month, we gave away a season ticket. So uh, that was a, a hell of a prize, uh, courtesy of John at qtechshop.co.uk. Go to the membership page on the website, nufcmatters.com, or stick your phone, uh, if you've got a smartphone camera, over the top of the QR code, and it takes you straight there. If you are a subscriber, you are entitled to a free car sticker. Uh, so don't forget, email john at nufcmatters.com to claim your free car sticker today. We do still support the food bank on here. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is the virtual bucket where you can make a donation during the close season and all year round. Simply go to NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk and select how much you want to drop in. And our end of season due is quickly upon us. Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin uh, will be on stage this coming Friday, the 24th of June at She-Res Bar. Tickets are £12 and £15. And you can get them from the website, nufcmatters.com. And don't forget, we've also got the latest uh, Shira Ball, signed Shira Ball, up for grabs. The raffle is 2 99 tickets available. And we're running that for the next month, signed by Alan Shira at the 260 dinner event. Limited edition, 1 to 260. Do not miss out on owning a piece of history. So get yourself into the raffle and... Time's also approaching for the Tyson Fury event that we've got on up on uh, the Fed in Gateshead, July the 7th. Uh, if you want to get yourself along to that, uh, tickets are available from www.goldstarpromotions.co.uk. Going to be a cracking night. And uh, thanks to Tyson. I'm going to stick this out on the social media, but he did send us this little message. Hi, Tyson Fury here, coming to Newcastle, 7th of July. Contact Steve Wraith or D-Day Darren for tickets. All the best. See you soon. Looking forward to seeing the champ again. It should be a good night. Uh, tickets are at a premium now. We have sold quite a few. It's big business, Tyson Fury, these days, and I think a lot of people are uh, looking forward to seeing him. Okay, uh, let's get back to transfers. And uh, this man is still um, looking very likely to sign on the dotted line this week. Ekatike, Hugo, whatever you want to call him. Um, goal scorer um, who Newcastle desperately need. Uh, it looks as if that deal's going to get done, Joe. Uh, it really does look as if that deal's going to get done this week. I said to you, off air, will you stop showing me up? You're the one who's supposed to not be able to pronounce names. I, I, I still can't. <laughs> I still can't do it. Um, yeah, it, it's been a bit of a roller coaster again. I think we said that this time last week, Steve. Um, you know, we're expecting him to sign. Um, I was just reading earlier on this afternoon as I finished work that apparently PSG were then back in sniffing round him again, and and you know. Um, I hear Borussia Dortmund have, have, have shifted their attention elsewhere. They were a potential rival for for, for his for his signature. Um, I think it's uh, you know 
we've said it all, haven't we? It's the same as Sven Botman in many ways. If you're coming, son, just come. Um, I know it's his birthday today, so no doubt he'll be drunk somewhere. But, you know, maybe he'll wake up <laughs> in, in Gateshead tomorrow or something. I don't know. Um, but, it, you know, I, you would genuinely, genuinely like to see him come. It was in, There was an interesting comment um, in the press in the week around game time and around Hugo's kind of... Um, plea for guarantees around will I actually get a game and stuff and again that gets you thinking in terms of it's a great question actually because a fully fit Callum Wilson and or anybody else that we might be bringing in up front um how, how much game time does this does this lad get um so a little bit like we were saying about the goalkeepers you know is he going to be happy coming uh you know he's been he's been the star of the show in France for all season is he going to come and sit on Newcastle's bench probably not can we give anybody um, guarantees that they're going to get a first team uh, spot in, in light of the end of the season that we had? Possibly not, unless they're absolute world beaters. So still a lot to kind of, uh, you know, kind of consider on this one. But again, the money's there. The wages are there. The club clearly want your son. Make your mind up. Um, so this week, we definitely said he'll sign this week, like we said last week and the week before. <laughs> Charlie, what's your thoughts on Ekatike? I think the, the one major difference this week is that all the, so you know, your, your Sky Sports, your major outlets last week, back end of last week, were reporting that he's, he's likely going to have a medical this week. From the Chronicles end, like, we've known to have been close for a few weeks now, like, and it's just, it's more the play, it's a, it is, it's a similar situation to Botman, you know, he's, he's obviously wanting reassurances on, whether he's going to get a game because Eddie Howe only plays a one striker. He, he even said in a, in, a, in, a, in his pre-match interview, I think it was before the Burnley game, back end of last season or the last day of the season rather, that he's four four two because at Bournemouth that was his preferred formation four four two. He played two up front. He played Wilson alongside someone, but he Eddie Howe said that that's now sort of out and outdated, and he prefers playing up the one up front. So it would be interesting. You know, he's twenty year old. Could he play out wide? I think he's played out wide a couple of times for Rams. Admittedly, I haven't seen much of him, but signing a, a you know, a, a prospect that the likes of Borussia Dortmund and PSG are, are after, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. I do have concerns over how much he's actually played. Last season was his first ever as a professional footballer, like ever, and he was injured for a couple of months of that around January time. I still think we need, I tweeted out this morning saying when Man City had their takeover, I know obviously financial fair play and stuff, their first window like when they had the full week, because I know that the takeover was on deadline day, and then the next summer, the first full summer, they signed Carlos Tevez, Adebayo, and Rocky Santa Cruz. I Rocky Santa Cruz was a dud, but they signed three proven strikers. Bang, bang, bang. I would like to say we we'll just get one, just one alongside Callum Wilson that you know is reliable, he's going to stay fit, and he's going to bang the goals. In. Mm, yeah, I mean, we just need somebody who's going to score goals. It's as simple as that. And yeah, Callum Wilson, hopefully, I'm under, I think it was his last full season under Eddie Howe. I think he only missed four or five games, which, you know, he got the best out of him. So, you know, Egatike coming in and Callum Wilson being available as well, I think it's uh, it, it will be very, very positive. So, yeah. Barry Hogan uh, takes us slightly off transfers. He says, love the story about how much sponsorship Sports Direct paid Newcastle for Ashley's last three seasons. Zip. We've got free advertising for this dodgy signs and adverts. Why would we expect anything else? Yeah, Barry, I did see that. And uh, as you say, uh, no surprise. Sefton Mag brings up a, a conversation we've had before. Joe, uh, hi all. I watched this on Catch Up Through the Night. He says, but question, would you have Bale? He would be a good addition for one season, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I said last time, I love <laughs> Gareth Bale to come to Newcastle. I think it would be a, I think it would be a great, great, you know, it would be a great marquee signing. It would get the fans buzzing. Um, and he can still do a job because he proved he could do that at Tottenham. So for me, it makes sense. It depends on what his wages are going to be, of course. Um, you know, it, it would have to make sense financially. Um, do I think he's the kind of person who would upset the dressing room? Not really. I think um, we've had more controversial players in the dressing room in recent years <laughs> than than, uh, than Gareth Bale, and I think he'll want to get game time because of the you know the fact that they're going the World Cup now. So for me, it makes sense. It ticks all the boxes. I just don't know whether it'll tick the financial box, you know, for for us on that one. Sure. I agree, Steve. And I, I, I guess for me, you know, we we talked about it last week when we talked about Bale. 
how much money would this lad generate? So it's all right us thinking about what the outgoings and what the outlay would be. But if he goes on and you know and sells another, I don't know, two hundred thousand shirts, then great, he'll he'll, put, he'll go on and pay for himself. Um, it's interesting this thing about his character. You know, I, I don't, I don't recall Charlie. You might know more, but I don't recall anybody actually bringing this lad's character into disrepute. I know that obviously his toys come out the pram a little bit at at, at Madrid, but I think that was more down to the fact that you know he he was a. Uh, he was their massive marquee sign and all of a sudden they signed bigger and better and faster and younger and quicker players and he, he fell down the pecking order. So, you know, but he is the captain of his country, um, you know, and you must have something about you to be able to wear the, wear the armband of your country. And and yeah, I would, Steve, I'd, I'd sign him. My opinion on that hasn't changed at all. Um, I think he'd certainly do a job. I think he's certainly better than what we've got. Um, I talked about the dead ball situation and the fact that we've been crying out for someone who can take a corner. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I'd sign him. I'd sign him tomorrow. Charlie, what's your thoughts on Bill? I'm torn on him slightly. I'm not as um, I'm not as positive as as, as you two lads. Um, I can see the positives of signing him. I think the good thing about Gareth Bale is now, the past couple of seasons when he's lost his way a little bit, he hasn't really had a goal. He's sort of been just taking that contract down at Real Madrid a little bit on the bench, not really getting a game. He's got that goal now of Wales are at the World Cup for the first time in 60-odd years or whatever it is. So he is going to be motivated. And yes, he, if we get bailing, it might get the ball rolling for other big players. That might be the one bang, the one breakthrough we need to get other players to come. On the other hand, I'd, if I've seen that as a one-off, I'd like to see we're saying the next Gareth Bale, do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. Dior, like that Diaby from um Bayer Leverkusen. I'd like to like to see the, the next one, the the Ooh. 23 year old, the 24 year old that's hungry. But like I said, if Gareth Bale's hungry, you no, know, if he's I don't think he'd upset the dressing room. I think he's more I think he's quite a placid bloke, isn't he? I don't think he's gonna come and start high and... He likes golf. He, yeah, he, I know. He likes to chill out and play golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like it's not like we're signing like a Balotelli from back in the day when he's going to start setting fireworks off everywhere. He's, he's good. <laughs> no. Seems like a nice enough bloke. Seems a nice enough guy. You, yeah, you'd take more than your man, wouldn't you? If you <laughs> I think. He's, he's a canny lad. And D says, go on and get Diaby now. Pay the 50 million. He can be the pie piper for Botman and the rest. So clearly a tick in the box for Diaby. Andy Forsyth is asking if there's any news. Not seen anything at all about Diaby. I've got to be perfectly honest, you know, this, apart from those tenuous links in the media. Uh, Tom Dixon says, Ben Brayton Diaz from Blackburn, a player that we've been linked with before, Tom. Uh, it has to be said, we would, you know, he's, he's young and he's exciting, but it's it's a gamble, Tom, because he hasn't played at the highest level. Ekatiga is a gamble. He hasn't played in England, although a lot of people saying he's the next Thierry Henry. Lots of people asking, Mup included, saying Thorgan Hazard. Um, is that one duo that you, you would fancy? I mean, it's another one we've been linked with. And um, Timo Werner again getting mentioned, but I, I, the, the sheer lack of Champions League football will, will not attract Timo Werner. Yeah. Um, Hazard's an interesting one. Um, decent player. Is he as good as his brother was in his in his heyday? No. Um, would we actually sign his brother? Because, you know, it, I'm sure there's still a player in there somewhere. Um, maybe. Um, where would he play? What would we do with him? I don't know. Um, I just, when I saw it, I just thought, here we go now. The, the leading up to the window, we were linked with kind of Botman, Hugo uh, and Diaby. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting linked with this is a list of 300 players that we're signing now. So Hazard's just appeared out of nowhere. Would you, you, know, you wouldn't say no, would you? He's a decent player. Uh, if he brings his brother with him, brilliant. So, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I, I would I would have him. I mean, one thing I definitely think we need to, is a right winger, which is mad because we've got we've got a few of them. We've got Almon who plays out there. We've got Fraser who plays there. We've got Jacob Murphy. I think that's a battle for at the minute is actually outgoings because if we sign we'll have to leave three players out of the 25 man squad in January so if we're if we're signing another five players we're going to have like a 33 man you know what I mean it's going to be it's, it's, it's 32 33 man squad so that's another thing that Dan Ashworth's going to have to look at is to get a few players out the door because there's a few players that are on contracts where they're not in a position just off the top of your head Dwight Gale signed a three year contract last I know you just talked about him last week 
Craig Gale is in. I know there's clubs that, uh, that are after him. You know, Middlesbrough and and um, West Brom. Steve Bruce is after looking at him, but he's in no position to leave. You know, he's been offered a contract by Newcastle, and that's going to be hard for him. Yeah, another man who's been in the news uh, this week has been Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It's a rumour that just won't go away, Joe. Uh, again, I, I, I'll stick with what I said. I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a striker come in to Newcastle who can score goals. And this guy can score goals. He might not have had a great season last season, but mm-hmm. he, he does remind me of um, Gary Speed in a lot of ways. The way that he can arrive late and get up high, he rises like a salmon and, and can stick the ball in the back of the net from all kinds of angles with his head. He's not a bad finisher on the ground as well. So, yeah, he's had a bad season with injuries. Some strikers do. You know, Shearer's had it. Um, Harry Kane's had it. Um, you know, this is what happens in football, sadly. Injuries are part and parcel of it. And it just seems that football fans, per se, on social media, have a short memory about those kind of things. And, you know, Callum Wilson, like I've said, at Bournemouth under Eddie Howe, had a season where he only missed four games. Um, so, look... Saying this guy's injury prone is, is rubbish. The guy is the guy's tried and tested at Everton, and I think he could probably do a job at Newcastle. So I for one will be delighted because it will be a great a great addition if he comes in. Yeah, I, I you know, again, Steve, we've talked about it, haven't we? You know, if you'd have offered us an England international striker three seasons ago, we'd have all fell off our chairs. You know, it just wasn't anything that we could have even thought about. Um to think about bringing him in now, I think the 50 million, I think people are barking at the 50 million, but it's like we've said, what price do you put on a proven Premier League goal scorer with an England cap, you know? Um, that appears to be the going rate for for, for certain players. Um, would he be a decent foil for Wilson? It's a bit like Charlie was saying, if there's this sense of we're playing one up front. I mean, for me, arguably, if you offered me Dominic Calvert-Lewin fully fit or Callum Wilson fully fit, I think I'd stick will I'd keep Wilson and I'd put the 50 million somewhere else but yeah it'll be interesting Steve because he's going to really really split opinions if we sign this lad he'll really split opinions um until he starts banging the goals in of course and then we'll all love him as as we tend to do being fickle and all that um so yeah we'll see it's interesting though just listening and, and just thinking about some of these players we touched on it last week in terms of, I wonder if there's an additional dilemma with this transfer window. So we're all sitting here going, yes, we know we need to improve. Yes, we know we need to sign £300 million worth of players this window. I keep coming back to the fact, though, let's not forget, towards the back end of last season, Newcastle United were the best team in England. City aside, I suppose, Liverpool aside. So where, where are these conversations actually going? You know, why would you upset a, a, a top four side that was just, all right, you know, we scraped some results. I'm not that stupid. But do we need wholesale changes? Do we need to be gambling on people who might not fit in the dressing room? And, and you know, and, and what would it do to the apple cart? Or do we just go, do you know what, Eddie? Let's just make things a little bit better. Let's continue to work on the structure and the infrastructure of the club. And you go and win the Champions League in two years' time with Dan Byrne at the back. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and, and somebody said you were going to mention something about Diaby, Charlie. So uh, do you want to uh, talk about both of those? Uh, well, Calvert-Lewin first. I, I think if Calvert-Lewin came to the tune, I think us Geordie lads would have to get him fitted out with some decent clubber because... Um, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen it through Calvert Lewin's threads, and I don't think the doorman on the big market would be letting them in. I mean, Steve, you might be able to know, uh, give a bit more insight on that. But um, no, I wrote a piece about Calvert Lewin the other about a month or so ago, comparing him, like statistically, with uh, Callum Wilson. In terms of goals and stuff, they're not too dissimilar. Um, but the one big difference it was was Calvert Lewin's clip was like miles ahead. I've, I've actually got the piece up, the, the piece up here yeah, while, while uh, Joe was talking. Aerial duels won. This is in Premier League history. Calvert Lewin six hundred and sixty-one. Wilson two hundred and eight. So that is by far and away dwarf something like in the air. But then distance run. Calvert Lewin four two four seven two kilometers. Wilson six nine six kilometers. So if you're looking for a striker that's going to put himself about work rate. Like run between the lanes, Wilson's your man. Whereas Calvert Lewin, you know, I think Calvert Lewin would be perfect if we got rid of Chris Wood. Now that might sound harsh or controversial because he's not long came, but he would be like an improved version of of Chris Wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And the Diaby, um, someone mentioned in the chat about Diaby. I wasn't going to say uh, much. It was just that today, 
Diaby, a report on Sky, a Sky Germany journalist said that Bayer Leverkusen would take 50, 60 million euros from, which would equate to about 50 million pounds. Okay, there you go. Colin Wilson says, uh, do you think there will be a surprise signature uh, signing a marquee, signing something that comes out of the blue? And Barry Hogan says he'd love to see Christian Eriksen come in. Uh, do you think we've got any chance? So I've, I've put those two together because obviously Eriksen would be a marquee signing. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I still think there will be one or two surprises. Yeah, I think um, I'll break that down, Steve. Christian Eriksen, yeah, all day long. The, the bloke's class, isn't he? Um, you know, to think of the impact that he's had after the health, after the massive health scare that he went through. Um, you know, he's been a breath of fresh air at Brentford. And not only has he looked like a, a decent player, he's actually looked like a fantastic footballer. Um, so you can see why that some of England's biggest clubs and some of Europe's biggest clubs are looking at him. Would we be in any position to turn a player like that down? Absolutely not. Thinking about the squad, yeah, uh, you know, Charlie's talking about upgrades there. Is, is Calvert Lewin an upgrade to Wood? Uh, Christian Eriksen is certainly an upgrade to um, Joe Willock and John Joe Shelby. So, absolutely, as, as far as I'm concerned. In terms of surprise signings, yeah, I had the pleasure of speaking to Murdad at the at the Alan Shearer do actually, Steve, and um, and yes, those balls are fantastic. So buy your tickets, people. Um, <laughs> but there's a there's a the, the, there was a there was a comment that the guy made that was around you know um yes we've got our plan yes we've got our blueprint we kind of know where we're going and what we're doing but if somebody becomes available we ain't gonna say no and we're gonna go for it and i like charlie i i'm waiting for I, i'm waiting for rabinio i'm waiting for carlos tevez i'm certainly not waiting for rocky santa cruz but i know what you're saying um I think there'll be one. I definitely think there'll be one. Um, we've got new shirts coming out as as we do this time of year. Um, it'd be great to see a, an absolute name on the back of it. Um, whether it'd upset the dressing room or not, do you know what I mean? Let's go and sign Mbappe. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> Marquee Mar signing, Charlie? I mean, it would be unbelievable. I mean, it was before my time when Alan Shearer signed. The one I, I can remember as a kid, and I didn't go down didn't go down very well, but Michael Owen, I remember that being like a massive, you know, outside St. James's Park, thousands of people there. And obviously Shearer would have been next level of that. So I'll be mint. I think I think Piff, certainly from the ownership point of view, I think Piff would be the ones wanting the, the marquee name, you know, the the global name, you know, like this the the Saudi um support because obviously get behind a mark a marketing name as well. It would put the, the tune on the map, so to say. It would be like a return to the, the Keegan and Sir John Holdays, wouldn't it? If we started signing loads of marquee names, it would be mint. And, you know, if it does come, we've just got to buckle up and enjoy the ride, boys. That'll come. It will come. Roger says, uh, if we're losing a game by one goal with five subs, you could hide Calvert-Lewin and Chris Wood on to join Wilson in attack. Uh, Calvert-Lewin only had one good season, though, says so some monkey suit. But, yeah, I, I still think he's... I think it would be a good addition. I think it's better than better than what we've got in, in a lot of ways. Uh, case ball... Uh, says, would you guys have a Dharma? £10 million fee agreed with Barcelona, but they don't want him now. Frightening pace, not the best end product, mate. Collectively shaking your head there, lads. No, if, we, if we got a player like that, someone springs to mind there. Um, yes, sure ESM. Wrapped in bandages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not for me. Absolutely I mean, not. I mean, when I get off this podcast tonight, lads, I'm going to be going to the gym. I mean, Adama Trollway will be an absolute beast in the gym, but I don't want to be seen him playing in a black and white shirt. No, no, it wouldn't be for me either, <laughs> I've got to be honest. Tony Finley, good evening. He says, if we get Botman, he needs to be signed before Paqueta, as Paqueta has a 25% sell-on fee, which goes to AC Milan. And I've heard that AC Milan takeover not expected to be ratified until September. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm not sure Paqueta is, is going to happen. I've got to be I've got to be perfectly honest. I mean, again, Joe, we seem to be going around the same old names each each time. <coughs> Mad Mark says, uh, I'd love to see Paqueta link up with Bruno once again. We need to keep him happy and he could be our marquee signing the new Jordi Dancer. I mean, it's it just, it hasn't really had any substance. It's only because he's visited Bruno in Newcastle and yeah. he's had a Newcastle shirt on that this story got any you know, got any mileage, but yeah, I mean, people still going on about Paqueta. It would be nice, but I'm not sure whether there's any legs in that. Yeah, I said last week, Steve, I think this is the guy, you talk about that statement around, would we go in for someone if there was a sniff of them becoming available? I don't think he's part of the original plans. Uh, 
I'm led to believe he's wonderful. I'm led to believe there's almost this kind of telepathic relationship with him and his mate Bruno. Um, if they suddenly say, does anyone want to give us 45 million for him? I'm sure Dan Ashworth will get the checkbook out. So, yeah, I, I, there's probably other players way ahead of the list than Paqueta. So, one day, maybe. Paqueta, I mean, it's, again, it's just it, it just seems to have come from, from the supporters. Chatter, Charlie, I'm not sure yeah. if there's any substance in it. Well, Leon are actually in a really good position when it comes to Paqueta because he's, he's got a fit. He's reckon he's got a 16, 60 million euro buyout clause in his contract, and he's got three years left in his contract. And you know, Newcastle, like, he's a really good player, but he's not he's not worth that much. So Newcastle can't even sort of try and lowball him with, with, with his contract running down. You know, Leon are in a really good position. I think this is just a hunch. If this one was to happen, I think it would happen late in the window. Maybe as if we just want one more in. I think that might be the one Paqueta, but I don't think I couldn't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, Cesc Fabregas, Paul's Paul Stones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, look, I, I know, I know we're one of Marquis signing and a big name, but we don't. But I think gone are the days of castoffs. That's that's yeah, for certain. Yeah. But could you imagine, lads, if we had like um, Gareth Bale and Fabregas and that would have like the the Premier League sticker book team from like twelve years ago? When we, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's true, it's true. Uh, last one we'll talk about uh, Joe uh, James Ward-Prowse. Um, again, being linked with us this week. Sky Sports linking us uh, and West Ham as potential uh, suitors for his signature this summer. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, again, that's the kind of player I'd like to see come in. I think that would be a you could call that a marquee signing. He's a good player. Mm. He's he's solid. It, he would he would strengthen he would strengthen the team massively. And um, he's, you know, I, I think he's an Eddie Howe kind of player as well. Yeah, I, I actually think he's a little bit better than that, Steve, as well. I think he's quality. Um, I, I, it's interesting you talk about, you know, bringing the young lads in and if Hugo's coming and, and at his age and, and some of the other players that we're looking at, you know, and, and, and putting a, a young squad together. Um, James Ward-Prowse, I think, is 27, possibly 28. Um and it's really good to see that if there's any legs in this, it's really nice to see that actually this is not just about flooding the the, the squad with 21-year-olds, you know, and, and hope for the best. Um, this lad's been around the block. He's a, he, he strikes a beautiful football, but there's more to him than that as well. I know people just talk about his free kicks and talk about the goals <sighs> that he scored. Let's be honest, he's been playing in an absolutely crap Southampton side. I mean, they've been woeful for two or three years now. Um and I think, I think for me, if the lad fancies a change and he wants to be part of the summit, he certainly needs to be coming to Newcastle. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd definitely advocate this one. And again, what does that mean? I think I, I do think Joe Willock does stay, but what does that mean for John Joe Shelby? I know that he's been linked with potentially being the one that if we're going to build uh, on the midfield, it might be Shelby. Obviously, Isaac Hayden's already gone. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd take this lad as an upgrade all day long. Yeah, Charlie, James Ward-Prowse, be a good signing, wouldn't it? I certainly rate him. I definitely rate him. I mean, there's no doubt he's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League outside of the top six. It's just the concern there would be he's a proven Premier League player and he's English, so he's going to, you know you know what it's like, they're going to be wanting stupid money from. What I think Newcastle needed, what we haven't really had, I know Shelby sort of sat in front of the back four last season, did a great job on Dirty Howe, in that sort of quarterback role, I think we need. I went. I went to four way games last season. We got battered everyone. I went. To, I seen it. I seen you down at Wolves, uh, Steve. That you was did, two. Yeah. That, that was two one, but it, it could have been seven one. Could have been. Le Leicester away was shocking. Spurs away was shocking, and Man City obviously that's expected. But what we lacked there was a defensive midfielder, like a, like a, like a, like the late Czech Tiotti just sitting there, like like the governor holding it all together. We didn't really have that. Like, we didn't really have that. I know Joe Linton's the, the physical, the batman ram in midfield, but he's not a defensive midfielder in the sense of he's sitting in front of the back four. You know, he's, he's playing a bit further forward. If Calvin Phillips, if Leeds had got relegated, I would have loved to have seen a goal for him. But, you know, Leeds have stayed up and Man City are sniffing around him now. I think if we're going to get a midfielder, that's the that's the type of central midfielder we need. Someone that's going to hold just just the the general in the middle, the, the holder midfielder. I think you're right, Charlie. I think if you look at um, the impact that Kante had in that Leicester yeah. side, he was absolutely immense. Um, doing exactly that, he would break everything up. He'd get the ball, he'd pass it forward to the flair players, and they went on and won the league. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, actually. 
Well, the clock has beaten us. Uh, that's an hour, gents. Charlie, absolute pleasure to have you back on just to chat transfers and uh, Newcastle. United. Joe, maybe next week it'll be the week when we can come on and go. We've signed a player, another player. <laughs> can we get someone on who won't slag Middlesbrough off, Steve? We'd be we to find like, but uh, why? Uh, why don't you? Why don't you get uh, Kieran? What happened to Kieran, Steve, back in the day from the? From the, um, the yeah, Kieran would be good, Kieran? wouldn't he? We might, we yeah. might try and get Kieran. I, I mean, I, I don't know. He was in the dark most of the time. Like, uh, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll try and find him. But yeah, yeah. listen, Charlie, great to have you on, man. Yeah. Best of luck. Great to hear yeah. that you're doing well with the journalism, and uh, look forward to reading your stuff. Keep in, uh, keep, keep, keep in touch, mate, and uh, yeah. we'll have you back on again at some point. Have a good weekend there. Go and smash the gym now, Charlie. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Pleasure to be right, on. You Thank you for everybody in the chat as well. Yeah, thanks everybody in the chat. Over 400 in the chat, a very popular show this. Uh, get yourself over to Loaded Mag now. They're doing their own transfer chat. Uh, sorry, lads, we'll have to do it a little bit later uh, tonight. Joe, good to see you, mate. Speak to you next week. Take care, guys. See ya.